You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth. Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart. The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5. And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Mimbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. You value your lives. Be somewhere else. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 3, episode 15, Ship of Tears. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Vesta returns to Babylon 5 with secret information about a weapon supply ship and proposes an alliance. Written by JMS and directed by Mike Vijar, this episode was released on April 29th, 1996 and takes place on July 24th, 2260. And the guest stars Joan McMurty as Carolyn, Diana Morgan as Alison Higgins, Walter Koenig as Alfred Bester, Deborah Sharkey as Medtech, and uncredited we have Bill Blair as Alien and Stephen Austin Scordelis as Pacmara Ambassador. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? Well, yeah, definitely better than the last few that we've reviewed. Uh, is it spectacular? No. Is it above average? Yes. Uh, do we get a lot of information about how the shadow ships work? Not a lot, but a good amount. Uh, it's it's furthering the plot. We get a, a little bit of uh, Bester. Uh, it's it's a decent episode, and I enjoyed it. Good, Dan. Yeah, it's a furthering of uh, we find out about the ISN and how Clark is you know tightening his grip in power by controlling the news outlets. Uh, we get a cool new star fury. I quite like that. Was, yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, yeah, it was, and that continuing the fact that the Churchill's crew have joined the Babylon Five, so they get some new tech. Um, we learn a little bit about shadows, and we get a very big reveal at the end of like a new tactic they can use. We get Bester coming back with a little bit of a: is he a nice guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, it, it was playing on the last time we saw him, so I believe that as well. 
and Jakar just being Jakar and having some great things about space and time being curved and he has no more patience and I really want to use that line in the future uh, and forgiveness as well and uh, we even get a proto Borg which is pretty interesting as well a little bit later uh, so I enjoyed this one again like Sean said it's not the greatest but it's it's a pretty good one yeah I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the way they, they, they say the ships are controlled by, um, you know, beings inside. Uh, mm. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Battlestar Galactica with the uh, the Cylons, the new the yes. Cylon ships. Yeah. Oh, yeah, some sort of internal being that had the control of the whole ship, not just sat in a chair and wiggling a few things, but was mm. integral to the to the actual ship. So ISN is back online. Oh, this was really horrible to watch. It was so fake, the, the actual uh, clip. The first thing we want to do is explain what happened to cause a disruption in service. The signal from okay. the ISN News Center here in Geneva was lost when our facilities were attacked by saboteurs intent on paralyzing all Earth communication systems as a prelude to invasion. In order to divide our forces, the saboteurs used our facilities to stellar cast a fake report designed to create the impression that the government itself was taking action against us. I mean, yeah, I mean, the person, the way she's talking, it's, it's all so fake and so made up. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to make it so obvious to us. We know that it's, you know, by the, by what is said that mm. obviously they've been taken over and, and the government's back in control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, and of course, you know, the signal was lost when a group of saboteurs attacked, intent on paralyzing all Earth communications. Yeah, right. We saw the video. We saw the video last time. To stop this campaign of misinformation, we ourselves pulled the plug on the broadcast. In the ensuing firefight, government forces recaptured the ISN facilities and apprehended the saboteurs. We've been working round the clock to repair the damage, and now, at last, we're back, better than ever. Coming up in the next hour, President Clark accepts a report from the Ministry of Peace on how crime has been virtually eliminated ever since the extremely popular martial law declaration was issued. But, I mean, think of how, you know, Fox News doubled down when... Uh certain attacks were happening on the 6th of January in, in America. And they, they quite brazenly said, oh, you know, these, these are like heroes going off and doing it before obviously it became a much you know, a more direct attack. And they said, oh, look, they're storming the Capitol because they're, they're protesting. And they really stood up for them and they did just what this ISN feed is doing now, you know, delivering obvious lies, despite mm. what the footage is showing us. Yeah, true. Nothing but better than lies and propaganda to control the population. This is true. But the government fought back and they have repaired the facility and the news is back on track. On the track of what the government wants you to hear, of course. For example, President Clark has accepted a report from the Ministry of Peace that all crime has been wiped out due to the hugely popular martial law. He who controls information controls the world. Sheridan is being checked out on a new star fury from the Churchill. It has new wings that can help it fly in the atmosphere. They are then called to a distress call from a ship. It's being piloted by our good old friend, Bester. He has something for Sheridan. Shikari is waiting for Ivanova. He wants in on the conspiracy of light and he is running out of patience. As, uh, as Sean alluded to before. You know, 
the, um, the old bending of space time and you know, <laughs> I suppose that's what what goes around comes around also could be a bit of that as well mm. Bester is waiting for the meeting when Ivanova, wa- Ivanova walks in as bait for his scanning if he uses it they know he can't be trusted but if he doesn't well they can trust him a little bit it seems like a huge risk to Ivanova mm. I mean he doesn't need much just to sort of have a quick flick in there and see just what's going on and you know but then what and what happens if if she is found out you know if he does find out that she's a latent telepath and yeah it, it, you know, they haven't they haven't got to the point where they can trust him yet mm. so it's a and bit... what happened to the mimbari telepaths that they had last time like couldn't they yeah uh, they, did, they disappeared in? i guess hmm. well he did say that you know because franklin says i can drug him up again and they said well yeah. no, because then they wouldn't know whether they could trust him or not so uh, whatever it was, yeah. Uh, hmm. Yes, it does seem a bit strange. Uh, Bester has a suspicion that President Clark is not calling the shots back home and that someone, not human, is whispering things in his ear. The shadows. He thinks the offices on Bab- officers on Babylon 5 know more about it than they are willing to tell him. He has plans for his telepaths, and he is annoyed that the shadows have their own agenda. He wants to ha- uh, he wants help from someone who feels the same way he does. Meanwhile, Sheridan is lobbying Delenn on behalf of Jakar. Delenn has to tell Jakar that it was her decision to hold back the information of the shadows, even though Jakar had warned Sheridan months before. Best to tell Sheridan that there is that there is a ship carrying weapons for the shadows, and it'll be passing by soon. It would be important to capture the ship, but not destroy it. They could find it quicker with a telepath on board to hear the thoughts of the crew. The White Star is dispatched, and Bester feels the crew on the shadow ship. Dylan tells Jacquard about their knowledge of the shadows, and that they stayed silent, which led to the war between the Narns and the Centauri. They had to choose between the death of millions and the death of billions. Shikar says some must be sacrificed if all are to be saved. He accepts Dylan's appraisal of the current situation. He will forgive her, but not today. The White Star disables the fighters and takes the transport with its weapon supplies. The captain took his own life, but the cargo is not weapon supplies. They are psychor telepaths with interfaces and... <laughs> Someone's definitely messed with her wetware. Did you see two guys see that coming when he's really getting close, looking up to the window and saying, oh, well, he's got these little beads on her, eh? And then I say, yeah. Yeah, I I genuinely thought we'd seen a blooper and they'd left it in. (laughs) But she was just playing around with the actors and they thought, oh, that that looks pretty good, actually. It really scared him. (laughs) Well, it scared me. I'll give you that. Hmm. They are telepaths that ran away and were caught and then re-educated on Mars. And Bester wants to see her right away. There is a disturbance in Med Lab 1. And when they all get there, the patient is all wired. I mean, really wired, with cables and stuff. She asks Alfred to help her, but she tries to zap him. That's shocking behaviour. She is uh, as one with the machine. Then she faints uh, right after she transmits her thoughts to Bester. 
It turns out she is Bester's lover. Well, of course she is. It's got to be somebody from the past, isn't it? I mean, we get somebody from the past who knows. Always, them. always without mm-hmm. fail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not his wife back home in a loveless marriage, but his girlfriend, and she is pregnant with his child. They find out that the shadows were going to plug these telepaths into their ships, as they use living beings as weapons components. Bester is going to wait as long as it takes for his girlfriend to recover, as he loves her. He pledges to fight alongside the Babylon 5 crew against the Shadows. Might be handy in the future. Jakar joins the War Council. Bester leaves the station. And Garibaldi finds something in the Book of Jaquan. It's a Code 7R to Sheridan. They all meet up. They realise that the Shadows are afraid of telepaths. And they are on the move. They are fighting out in the open. And they are not hiding anymore. Hmm. Here they come. But you know what's not afraid of telepaths? <laughs> this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. You gotta ask yourself one question, punk. What the hell is a cigar nerd? Welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. It's the only show where two guys smoke cigars and talk about nerd culture. Do you like movies, games, comics, sci-fi, pop culture, and beer? Do you like science, nerd news, explosions for no apparent reason? Then this is the show for you. It's like being in a nerdy cigar shop, but for your ears. Check us out at CigarNerdPodcast.com. Funny you should say that, because it's the Monster Attack podcast. Well, that's appropriate. (laughs) Okay, on to the trivia. The episode is called Ship of Tears and deals with forced relocation of telepaths. In the 19th century, the U.S. government instituted a forced relocation of Native American populations, the process known as the Trail of Tears. According to the Babylon 5 timeline, verifiable verifiable telepaths started appearing in Earth's population in the early 22nd century. Everyone assumed it was the result of natural evolution. In fact, it was because of genetic manipulation by the Volons. Is that in extended books or is that in TV? Yeah, I just said Babylon 5 timeline, so I don't know. It's probably books, I would assume. I think we find it out later on in the series, but I can't recall 100%. Oh, okay. I look forward to finding that out. Yeah. Hmm. The aliens shown experimenting on Caroline in her... Sorry. The aliens showing... uh, The aliens shown experimenting on Caroline in her flashback are called Xena. They were the chief scientists of the shadows. Bester's line, weapon supplies, was, was later one of the phrases featured in the opening sequence of season five. Well, of course it is. Tw- I don't know if you spotted this. I had to go back and, and look for this one. 27 minutes in, the Doctor is uh, reviving one of the telepaths rescued from the shadow ship. In the foreground is an assistant, clearly choosing between green and purple. A choice is yes. never shown. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. It looked a little bit more red to me. I yeah. thought it was a little bit more red oh. than purple, but okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have been got... funnier if it had been a Drazi, to be fair. Yes. Oh, that would have been so better. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> so, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? Uh, other than Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov in the original Star Trek series, there are absolutely nothing. And he's a recurring guest star, so no, there's nothing new. No, oh, two in a week. T- two in a week. Two in two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Excuse me? Uh, two weeks. 
So, on to our um, ratings. So, IMDb, um, they get the score their, uh, rating, their rating system is out of 10, and they give it an 8.4, which works on our scale as 4.2 out of 5. So, it's quite a high one. Sean, what did you make it? Uh, well, I'm not too far off from the good old IMDb gods, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. A lot of um, background on the shadows, more uh, stuff about the Psychor and Bester and all that good stuff. Uh, Delenn and Jakar scenes were pretty great. Uh, if you had told me that back then, I would have killed you immediately. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we got to see the White Star in action again. Uh, I gave it a four. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good score. Okay. Uh, Dan, what did, uh, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, seeing the ISN sort of showing the the effects of what's happening outside of Babylon Five. Now they've broken away. Um, you know, cool new star furies. Getting to see the White Star, as Sean just said as well. Um, it it brought up a few questions. Why haven't they noticed before that you know other telepaths from other species seem to have this effect on the shadows? You know, if the Mimbari have you know fought them before uh, or known of them before, why didn't they kind of know this information earlier? Um, and why hasn't sort of Kosh told them in Bari, you know, the, between the Vorlons and everything. So it, it seems a bit convenient that they've only just now figured this out. So it kind of throws me out a little bit. But the way it all plays out, I love it. Um, you know, the fact that Bester has his own plans. It's not because he's thinking of the greater good. It's because he wants to be in charge when the telepaths take over Earth. And that's the only reason he's willing to help them. Um, and then we find out there's another personal reason as well. It's not because he's a nice guy. It's purely because he is a complete racist and hates the mundanes, which I really did like that scene with <laughs> Garibaldi. So as in us, it's like, oh, yeah, well done. Welcome to the conversation, Garibaldi. Got right. it in one. <laughs> oh, got it in one. Yeah. And, and then there was another one as well where he said, um, oh, was it? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, how do you know that it's over there? It's like, I'm a telepath. You work it out. I just love it. Yeah. It's, I love yeah. it. So unbelievably horrible. And uh, I'm calling people blips when they try and run away as well. Just, <laughs> oh, really, so nasty. I love him. Um, yeah, so I'm also going with Sean. A solid four out of five. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys on this. It's uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, the, the, uh, the two-seater... Uh, Star Fury is uh, a good one. It gives you a, a, a bit more um, uh, depth in your arsenal of weapons. You, you've now got a, it's like a bomber you could use. Um, you know, two people, in, you know, somebody to talk to instead of having lots of ships in them. I mean, maybe that's the reason. You only need three of them, and you got six people. That's it, kind of like a Viper or a, or an expert. I was going to go with that. Yeah, or the thing from uh, Last Starfighter. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah. Do the star best, absolutely. Yes. Mm. The death blossom or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> I really, I really like the the visor, how it, the reflection of the visor as well. When we saw the gears and all of the readouts are reflecting on Sheridan's visor as he's figuring out where things are, it kind of felt like he's actually in the ship mm. rather than just you know on a set somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I like I like the new ships. Um, the White Star gets a run out, which is always a good thing. Um, you get to see it, you know, grappling the ship and 
uh, taking it away. So yeah, it's it's a you know, pretty badass bit of thing. I like the way Basta sits in the seat. He says, you're in my seat. I, I think there could have been a better line there somewhere, but you know, it just it was just a bit mundane. You're in my seat, you know. At the very least, a call back to the original series and just saying, look, I've always wanted to sit in a captain's chair. <laughs> yes, some, exactly. Something it, like that. It, yeah, it just needed him to, be, you know, or to, you know, if, if there was a, a like a little flip at the side that you could, or a button or something that was, you know, reminiscent of the of the old Star Trek uh, chair or something, <laughs> or even like, ah, so this is what it's like to be a captain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there was good bits in there, and uh, uh, yeah, it's good to see Jakar finally being brought into the, uh, you know, the secret society and seeing the new uh, war room as we as we get it. It's like a. It reminds me a little bit of uh, in in Liverpool. Uh, we have the um, North Atlantic um, headquarters for what was the Second World War. Mm. So when when mm. uh, all, all of the um, locations of the ships and, and submarines etc. were all it was it was a bit like you see them in the uh, films with the uh, the little plastic um, you know planes or whatever, and they pushed them with sticks and things. They had all of that in in the Liverpool um, war rooms, um, but with boats. So it's 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 where Churchill had been there as well. So it's always it's a nice little place to visit and see all the old telephones and things and you know where everything was was um, run from. Um, so yeah, so it was a little bit like that—a secret room, well uh, kitted out and uh, totally different to what they've got anywhere else. It's uh, that's that's pretty cool. Um, funny how everybody was in there at the same time, though. I mean, is, it, is this during their, everybody's off time? Or well, when he's supposed to be in there? You know, it's a bit weird. 7R, just get in the room. That's it. That's it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm going to go exactly with you guys and give this a four. Um, I, don't, I don't see why I shouldn't. Um, I'm DB a 4.2, so it's all pretty much around about the same, the same score. Um, a good decent so, episode. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is that the end? Are we done? We yeah. are done. Okay. So, that's the end of this episode, then. Join us again next week when we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 16, Interludes and Examinations. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.